Hi, welcome to this episode of Daily Matters. And I'm really excited to have uh, Patrick Pallas join us on the podcast today. Patrick is a, a longtime friend that we've been crisscrossing at various conferences uh, over the last decade. Uh, Patrick is the owner of Pallas Law, LLP, uh, workers' compensation and personal injury firm. Uh, Patrick is also the past president of the Washington State Bar Association from 2013 to 2014. Uh, and is now serving on the National Council for Bar Presidents Executive Council. Patrick is also on the board of the ABA Center for Innovation. And Patrick, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be on this uh, this program, having a chance to actually talk with you face to face here. It it is exciting, and and look, it's the the little moments of this this face to face contact that can uh, brighten up self isolation and and quarantine, right. isn't it? Amen. Yes. So, uh, Patrick, we've uh, in in just our third episode made made a bit of a habit of asking this as our opening question, which is, uh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, all things considered, doing well. Uh, it's been in a, in a a new era, a new day for sure for all of us, and uh, I think the best we can do is just kind of surf our way through every day with a good attitude and. I've got a great staff and good folks around me. So doing doing good. It's actually, I hope no one hates me for this. It's actually a little bit fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I, I can see that. You know, there's there's obviously a, a steep human toll being paid out there. But I think on the, the flip side, we're seeing uh, a lot of innovation, a lot of adaptation happening in an industry that uh, isn't known for for pivoting quickly. And, and when the environment's demanded, I've been, you know, personally impressed and and excited by some of the stories I'm hearing and, and seeing uh, from the, the front lines of this crisis. Well, and thank you for coloring my words the way I intended for, for truly. I mean, we're, we're in a crisis. It's terrible things. People are dying. None of that is fun. What we're having to do to change uh, and the way we're bringing uh, the legal community uh, along and the changes that we're making, that's fun. I enjoy I, that change. I just, it, it's a silver lining for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And, and tell me, you know, just, just from the, the front lines of what you're seeing happen with Palace Law, uh, what are you seeing happen over the last two weeks? I'm curious how mm. you've seen in terms of, uh, you know, your, your, your traffic, your, your clients, uh, and your, uh, your law firm. How have you pivoted? And, and, you know, for the benefit of our listeners, I'll highlight as well, Washington is, is currently one of the hardest hit states with COVID-19. You are certainly right in the thick of things there uh, outside of outside of Seattle and in Tacoma, uh, maybe you could just give us a bit of a, a, a landscape of the COVID-19 impacts around where you are and how they're impacting Palace Law in particular. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, I think we had the first cases uh, here and I think the first death here in Washington and it, it's it's grown uh, rapidly in Washington. Our governor has been very, um, very strong, been a very good leader. Um, we've had multiple orders and we're essentially on, on lockdown. I mean, Everything except for essential businesses are closed, and uh, nobody's at nobody's at work. Um, it's it's taken traffic down to zero. Uh, most of the stores, as you go down the street, is are, are closed. Uh, nobody's in the streets. Um, I think this is getting to be more and more common. You go to the grocery store, and and I've only been once in about two weeks, but. Um, there's somebody outside the store and they're stopping more than six people from going in. And those six people are done. The next six go in. Uh, it's, it's truly a new world. What that's done for us is we have, uh, have had a firm 
where we wanted to let people work at home who wanted to. You know, there's 31 people here. And uh, so a lot of people like coming to the office and like that social aspect of sharing. And so we have sent every last person home. Uh, I came into the office all by myself today only because I had a number of things I had to get done. Otherwise, everyone's working from home. It's a big shift. Um, but happily, because we'd made so much of that shift in the past years, uh, it wasn't a, uh, a big curve for us. We made the transition in a single day and everyone went from working in the office uh, to working from home. And um, it was, I'm not gonna say completely seamless, but pretty, pretty darn close. And now we're running business as usual to the best that you can say that. Uh, all our tools are in place. Everybody's communicating. Business is getting done. Clients being taken care of. It's just all done with a new lens and in a new way. So what are some of the things that prepared you to what sounds like fairly seamlessly transition to a, a work from home environment for your whole staff? Maybe you can tell me a bit about the both the technology stack that you're leaning on to make this happen, as well as what are some of the people practices you've put into place? Because I think what's so interesting about this transition is adopting cloud-based tools that allow for distributed work is one thing, but actually doing distributed work and teaching your teams how to adapt to an environment where you can't just swivel your chair and talk to the person next to you or have those water cooler conversations that you end up realizing are so valuable and everything else. I'd love to, to hear both about the tech and the people side of things. I uh, you know, would tell people at conferences in years past that I can run my entire firm from here. And they're like, laugh at me like, yeah, sure you can, ha ha, you know. <laughs> uh, but that's really where we wanted to go. Um, and maybe there's a couple of foundational pieces in there, Jack, that I, I think you'll appreciate. One is we had this idea a couple of years back that it shouldn't matter where you work. Um, you should work where you're most productive. And so we ask everyone, how can you be most productive? How can we help you get there? And for a lot of people it was, I wanna work from home. So we set up a system to be able to get people to work from home. When you take people out of the physical office, you have to have new tools to communicate. So how can we communicate efficiently and maintain the lines of communication? And that meant we had to do two things. One, have some sort of internal communication system. And second, we had to reorganize our firm so there was clear, uh, I hate to say chains of command, um, change of or chains of communication perhaps is better because I think uh, our structure is fairly flat. It's not a giant pyramid like a lot of others. Everyone is pretty much equal in our firm working in, in teams to get things done. We probably look a little more like a tech firm than a law firm. So uh, one of the tools we adapted early on was, uh, was Slack for communication. And uh, we have a lot of Slack channels. And before uh, we sent over home, we were probably something like 3,000 Slack messages a week with my team. And I think that is, I think we're going to see this week, that's going to about double. <laughs> that's going to more. That's going to about double. Yeah. Um, and the, the teams communicating that way has been, has been great. Uh, all of our meetings and we have, um, multiple meetings throughout the week. Some days have several different team meetings every, every day. Um, all of that now is by zoom. And so those are happening as if they were all done in person. 
Um, we use Trello for our workflows. And so everybody works off the same um, master Trello boards. And there's, again, probably 20 plus, maybe 25 Trello boards. And then one has their individual Trello boards that they work their workflow. So the Trello boards, we work as a team. The Slack communication, we can work as a team or individually. Uh, Zoom to see face-to-face. And then uh, all of our computers is cloud-based. Obviously, Clio, our case management system, where we manage all of our cases, uh, have all of our contacts. Uh, All of that really is the centerpiece for all of this because everything that we do with with Trello and Slack is a combination of zaps and and in and out of our database so that a lot of our tools are are, are automated and, and standardized. So Clio serves as the center for all of that. And it's the spokes go outward for all the things that I just mentioned. All of that was in place before the lockdown. We just expanded it dramatically uh, overnight. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd love to uh, pick. Uh, I think we'll need to have a second conversation going a bit deeper on your tech stack because you've built some really cool stuff with with Zapier and and linking all those tools together in a really seamless way. Uh, it's it's very impressive. Um, you know, maybe looking at the the people side again, Patrick, in 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 kind of lacing together all of these different tools, and you know, from a firm that was already you know partially distributed, and you built some of that muscle already. Have you been surprised by any aspects of having your entire staff work from from home? You know, again, you know, almost in an overnight kind of way. Um, a pleasant surprise. Uh, it's worked. You, you, yeah. you just don't know uh, until you do it. And the people that were the most reluctant to go home, like, well, my kids are there and my husband is there and he, he's always around and I, I don't have a space I'm working on the kitchen table. And you know what? Everybody got it resolved that quickly. And the two people who were who really didn't want to work from home have both told me privately, I am more productive. I am really surprised how well this is working. Um I will say this, this was a really unexpected uh, piece and one that I guess is a, is a warning to all of your listeners. Um, the amount of scams and phishing schemes um, have escalated dramatically. Uh, those who are trying to take advantage um, of the rest of us know that we're all working from home. Maybe we're not also tech savvy, uh, that we're really subject to these scams uh, we have just been bombarded by scams, um, people trying to break into our system. One of our uh, emails was corrupted this week and it caused all kinds of damage. We've now gone uh, to a multifactorial uh, verification system. Um, we had only had a single verification system you know, in the past that was fine. Now it's multiple steps. Yeah. And that's because of this changing world. And that's happening right now. And if, if firms aren't being careful or, or upping the ante on their security, boy, do it and do it now. Yeah. No, it's a great piece of advice. And uh, I've I've read about the elevated level of phishing scams and other exploits happening. I think uh, hackers just realize that there's a moment of vulnerability mm-hmm. here where people are probably a bit more susceptible to this. Staff are a bit more susceptible to it because they're seeing so much change. So I think that's... Uh, a great call out. And just to elaborate on the technical piece you were touching on there, it's two-factor or multi-factor authentication that you 
you implemented. Yeah, and, right, yeah. and again, for listeners that aren't familiar with this concept, in addition to your password to log on to a system like Clio or like Google Apps, you provide a second token of some kind. Maybe it's generated by your phone. Right. It might be a text message code you receive. Uh, there's authenticator apps you can install, which are actually more secure than text-based codes. Uh, and that's what you migrated to across your systems to layer in a bit of additional security. All of it in like 24 hours. Yeah, it's so important though. I think that's a great a great call out. Um, Patrick, maybe, you know, I, I think you're you're at one end of the spectrum of, I think, being extremely technically literate, you know, having a very tech-enabled law firm and and having long embraced many of the tools that, uh, you know, are based in the cloud and, and help your law firm just run really productively and, and deliver great experiences to your clients. When you when you reflect back on your experiences, uh, president of the the Washington State Bar Association, and the landscape that you know that maybe the average lawyer uh, is is dealing with right now, what what advice do you have for lawyers that might be behind the curve in the the technology adoption side of things, and uh, what what actions can they take to to catch up because. I think with COVID-19, we see a landscape where the kind of evolutionary steps that a law firm might have taken over the course of five or 10 years uh, to, to, to essentially catch up, I think, to where firms like yours are, all of a sudden they need to implement those changes in five or 10 days. And do you have a, a playbook or any key bits of, of advice that you might be able to offer uh, those firms in terms of what are some practical steps they can take to, to get on the other side of this and prepare themselves for what might be an extended and protract, protracted new reality here? Well, perhaps I do. I hope I do. Um, and maybe just a short story. When I was president of the bar, my whole push was about technology and trying to get people up to speed and realize the potential is out there for them and the need uh, to get caught up because the legal industry has always been so far behind. Uh, but the irony of it is that I spent those years uh, as a bar volunteer, and there was the last seven uh, leading up to being president and past president. And I spent all my time trying to help everybody in the state and get the word out. And uh, when I came off being president, um, guess whose firm was as old and untouched as anybody else's in the state? And it was mine. And so it gave me the time uh, then to retool. And so what we did was we literally asked the question, if we could do this all over again, what would we do different? And the answer was always, we'd start from the beginning and toss out all of our tools. And so we just started, uh, you know, since 2014, changing every single system uh, and starting brand new. And that's probably saved us in this COVID-19 time. But the advice I think I have to, to, to practitioners out there, especially solo and small practitioners, I'm not so worried about big firms or medium-sized yeah. firms, and maybe I can't even relate to them as much. But solo and small practice firms, um, being able to work from home, having a virtual office is, is absolutely critical right now because you just can't be out there and exposing yourself and exposing your staff to this virus. So you've got to be home. Um, the simplest way to do that for us uh, was cloud-based technology like, you know, Clio's case management system. So you have to have something that links all of your office to manage your cases and keep track of them uh, together. Um, and then having ability to communicate together. Emails back and forth is really cumbersome. Um, find a system where you can communicate inter-office 
for us at Slack, but there's a lot of other uh, ways to do that, other tools that are out there. So communication is, is, is critical. Case management is critical. And this, last, there's the, you know, the client-facing side. Your clients need to be able to communicate with you. Um, in this cell phone world, uh, I think lawyers get sometimes troubled by carrying their cell phone around and giving all the clients their number or blocking it. If you use something like Microsoft Teams, your your phone is just the conduit and no one sees your phone number and you can call your clients and your clients can call you and you're protected. Um, and it's really a really nice way to handle that communication. We've also taken real steps to, to make sure that all of our clients know how to use Zoom. We send them links, we give them training if they need it. We talk them through it on on uh, on our cell phones because I think there's something about face-to-face during a crisis that really calms you down. People need to see you face-to-face. And for the piece where you want to take in new clients, like, okay, so I'm maintaining my current clients. What about taking on new cases? Um, I think Zoom, again, is a really vital function there because uh, if you can't shake a hand, and this at this day and age, we're done shaking hands, uh, seeing a face, face-to-face, having eye contact, communicating, um, being able to hear their voice and, and share uh, your solutions to their problems is critical. So being able to have a Zoom conference with the client will be, keep bringing clients in. So I think those are the basics um, that I'd say to people, which is if you're not tech savvy, it's not too late. There's a couple of tools you need to have. Uh, you're going to find them if you haven't found them already, but do it now. I think we're in for a long haul. And uh, the more time that you waste, the more revenue you lose, the more clients you may lose too. It's uh, <clears throat> amazing advice. Thank you for for sharing that. And you, when when you think about the maybe the hurdles that I think many law firms think about when they're adopting thinking about adopting these new technologies, it's the the idea of migrating all of your old data and, and how do you get started with a new system. You use the the phrase, you know, throw out all of my old systems and implement something new. Did you? Did you kind of start from a clean piece of paper or tell me a little bit about how you actually managed that <laughs> migration to the cloud? Yeah. You know, it, 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 I won't tell you where I started, but I'll tell you where I ended. Uh, we changed over our firm and in the last uh, five months I've been um, merging with other firms. So we've grown uh, dramatically. And every time we um, acquire another firm and bring them in, we're saddled with their technology, their paper, uh, all of their systems. And uh, this has happened now three times in the last now 120 days with us. And you just, there's no way to go back and capture all of the old data effectively. You're going to spend a year just trying to get everything that they had in the past into yours. So we just set a date and say, from here on, we do it this way. From here on, everything goes into Clio. From yep. here on, everything gets scanned in. From here on, these are the new systems. And uh, we've had to cart around some some paper uh, and store it. But um, happily, all of this paper and junk that we've carried around, no one's opened it up. No one even cares. It's not really relevant. Uh, what you started from here forward works. Yeah. Uh, Every day you need to go back to those files less and less, right? Or at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's... It's a great uh, it's a great piece of advice and one I've I've certainly talked many of our customers through as they've migrated to the cloud is just pick that line in the sand, do a cutover and just start using whatever it is. Start using your new system 
whether it's Clio or some other system, there's lots of great systems out there. Draw that line in the sand and cut over. So Patrick, maybe shifting gears a little bit and talking about your clients, I'd love to see, you know, in, in the you know two weeks or so that we've been really in the thick of this, have you seen shifts in expectations from your clients? What are you seeing in the, the personal injury and workman's comp world? You know, the shift with clients' expectations has been really um, amazing and, and, and nice. Um, we've made a number of, we've taken a number of steps, some of which have been more client-friendly and client-centric and some that have been less. Um, and frankly, the biggest part of the system that we haven't been able to retool because it's been out of our control has been the whole banking system. Uh, I do workers' comp and personal injuries, so we get hard copy checks that come into our office by snail mail that we have to process and put into the bank and wait for the banks to tell us when it clears, and then we take the money out, and then we distribute it to the clients in a way that they can take the money. That whole system, if I could throw that out and start again, Jack, trust me, I would, but I'm stuck <laughs> with the infrastructure of the world uh, so, um, that is getting really, really hard for clients because our banks are closing down. Um, most of them, if they are open, they have a drive-through, they have limited hours. Uh, they only will see so many people. Uh, the processing of checks is slowing down. Our collection of checks is slowing down. The mail is slowing. I mean, everything is just, the lockdown is killing it all the way around. So that's really hurting clients because they need their money. And we told folks, you can't come pick up your checks anymore. We're going to have to mail them to you. And, yeah. and that's been hard. That's been hard on people because that's against our culture of being client centric. Uh, now we're making them wait a little bit longer. So we're really, we'd started on the path of trying to do things like electronic transfers and electronic banking. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, I wish we had just pushed our banks a little bit harder. We have some, we have a bank we're working with who really is trying to be that forward thinking consumer centric bank. And um, I wish we'd pushed harder because now we're still trying to, with nobody in the office, process checks, sign checks, go right. to banks. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. But the clients, you know what? They haven't been complaining. That's I guess uh, another silver lining here, maybe in that you, you can hope for some transition to electronic payments, ACH and other, other kinds of electronic payments as, uh, as the situation evolves here. I, you know, I hope so. We're certainly going to push hard when we get that next opportunity to do that. Um, clients, um, it's a, it's a hard system. It's frustrating, but clients have been very, very good. Clients have been accepting all the way around and, um, uh, not being able to come to the office, not seeing face to face, not being able to shake hands. Um, that culture shifted that quickly. And I think based on what's happening in the world, everyone is very accepting of that. So that hasn't been um, a palace law problem. It's been a universal problem. Everyone's everyone's accepting it. Um, the other shift maybe with, with, with clients is uh, new clients. Uh, and workers' compensation represent people who are injured on the job. If nobody is on the job, nobody is getting injured. So um, at the moment, we just finished our management meeting this morning. Uh, we keep, uh, geez, dozens, dozens, dozens of, I have a stack of stats we go through every day, uh, once a week for our, our summaries. Um, so far, cases aren't down. We're just starting to see that downturn. I suspect in the next couple of weeks, um, that's going to be a big difference with less calls coming in, less cases coming in. Um, for now, it's steady as she goes and nothing has really 
changed. Um, but I think that's going to be very telling. Jack, if you and I talk in three weeks or four weeks, uh, my guess is based on the trend lines I'm seeing, uh, our business is going to is going to slow a lot. And you know what? That creates a whole nother layer of what do you do as a business owner trying to take care of clients when you can't settle cases, you can't take in cases when the insurance companies are closing down, when the government's closing down, and yet you have this responsibility to to all of your clients. It's really going to be interesting to surf that. And I know that I'm not alone. Uh, there's criminal defense lawyers who can't go to court. There are you know, jails that are locked down. You can't go see your clients. Uh, Courts uh, don't have hearing dates. Supreme courts and court of appeals have closed doors. I mean, it's across the board. The entire justice system is is grinding to a halt, and all of us who make our living trying to help people are um, are going to have ourselves uh, confined in so many ways. Yeah, you're you're 100 right, and the broader economy grinding to a halt. Almost every practice of er, practice area you can see being impacted. People aren't getting in accidents because they're not in their cars driving to work. Their uh, companies aren't doing acquisitions or going through funding announcements or doing IPOs or doing other things companies normally do. Uh, so you just think across the the landscape of almost every practice area and the economy being at a standstill is going to be uh, going to be really hard to navigate. And I will uh, certainly check in with you in in three or four weeks. I think it'd be great to also talk about maybe I know you're very innovative in terms of how you approach marketing and and the way that you build your client base uh, and would love to check in on on maybe some new things you're trying out on that front. I love to say, talk about that. Can I mention one other thing too? You also asked about advice to, to, to uh, other firms. Yes. Um, I, I didn't say this one. It's, it's I think, really important and, and maybe get late in the game. I've been a s- strong believer about how you run your, your firm financially. Um, one of the things we always try to do is have an absolute minimum of two months of complete expenses in the bank uh, and always have our uh, our tax reserve, our full tax liability in the bank. Yeah. Um, I, I think when you're going through uh, good times, that's easy. When you're going through bad times, you're always very thankful to have that cushion. I say two months at a minimum. Um, I know that we have all that money in uh, in the bank. We have a, a good working capital bankroll. Uh, but these next six months, I think, are really going to test that. And if you're a practitioner who hasn't been putting money into your bank and haven't been saving, for God's sake, don't spend more money. Don't make uh, big investments. Um, be super it's, smart and try to save every penny, you, every penny you can. It's great advice. You know, in, in the startup world, we talk about the concept of runway and how much runway do you have if you just divide, <laughs> you know, the, your burn rate, how much are you spending per month into the amount in your bank account? And everyone should think, be thinking about how much runway they have right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, even two months may not be enough to, to weather this, this storm. That's the scary thing. The, uh, maybe to conclude, Patrick, we're, we're getting close to time here. And I'd love to, to end on a, a note speaking about mental health. And mm. I know you're a dedicated practitioner of, of yoga. And I'd, I'd love to hear about how yoga or maybe any other practices you might be adopting are helping you navigate this this crisis from a from a mental health perspective. Well, I I I I don't think what I'm saying is is unusual. In fact, maybe I'm Captain Obvious today. Uh, everybody is super stressed out. Uh, everybody I'm seeing it in my staff. I'm seeing it in my friends and family. Uh, I'm seeing it in my clients. 
what would have been a small issue is now worth yelling about. What was something that was a bother is now outrageous. Um, everybody's tensions are so, so heightened. Um, and frankly, I found myself falling right into it. You're around a bunch of people and everyone is freaking out about something and you find yourself elevating uh, in your voice and in your intensity. Um, it, the first thing I had to do was recognize that was happening and then try to find the space so that when other people were reacting, I was not. Um, it's really hard to be a leader in the bar, a leader in your office, or a leader even your own family um, if you don't have your feet on the ground first. So for me, uh, the practice of yoga or meditation, quiet time, um, when something gets, something seems terrible, and this right now, there's lots of things that seem terrible, a friend that's in the hospital, um, you know, worried about your finances and your business, worried about your family, whatever it is, there's a lot of things we can worry about. Um, finding that space to be quiet, finding that space to get your feet in the ground. Yoga for me is the tool, but maybe it's going out and running every day. Maybe it's going out and hiking, whatever. My strong advice is that everybody around you needs you to be grounded. They need you to be calm. They need you to respond, not react. Um, they need to have you with full reasoning and, and maybe this is the, the, the piece of all of it. They need you to have perspective because it's so easy right now to lose your perspective on everything all the time. Um, yoga is my tool. And, and like I said, maybe I'm just Captain Obvious. Everything I just said, everyone's like, yeah, duh. Um, <laughs> it seems to me that the one thing I can do in my little island of life is try to be the calm one. And yeah, I think that's uh, that's so important, and certainly what people are looking for in their in their leaders today more than more than ever. So it's a a great perspective, um, Patrick. We could go on for another yeah, uh, yeah. few hours left to our own devices, but let's put a bookmark in there. Pick our conversation back up in a, a few weeks. There's so much more I'd love to dig in with you, including your your tech stack, your approach to being data driven in your law firm, and I think at that point you'll have some highly evolved KPIs that you're looking at with respect to what are leading indicators around the COVID-19 crisis. Hope so. uh, and I'd love to go a bit deeper on this, this mental health angle as well. So um, thanks so much for spending your time with us today. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stay healthy. Jack, thank you for inviting me and thank you for letting me be part of this amazing company and a podcast and all that you have created here. So thank you very much, my friend. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Boland, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Clio, please visit clio.com. And for more resources to help lawyers navigate the challenges of COVID-19, please visit clio.com slash COVID dash relief.